Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. Myron Metcalf here on another edition of Purple Daily on Score North. Scorenorth.com, Manny Hill, Manny Fresh, the one and only man. How, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. How are you? I'm I'm doing well, man. Still uh still out here in Bristol. Uh <laughs> trying to get home at some point. I don't know if they'll let me go home. Uh but maybe maybe one day. Um, well it's a busy time of the year, man. I mean it's you know yeah. even though NFL free agency has kind of tapered down now in the last couple of days. It's still a busy time of the year with the NCAA tournament and everything, so you're uh, you're wearing all kinds of hats this week. It's it's wild, man. It, it, it's it's wild. I I have to say though, some news unfolded yesterday, and my first thought was concern, specifically for you. Okay. Um, when you found out that the Vikings had signed Josh Klein, <laughs> a guard, Manny. Uh huh. Did you get dizzy, lightheaded? I mean, what were the symptoms? Because I was thinking to myself, Manny, no one is going to appreciate this move <laughs> more than Manny Hill. I, I said, it, it's it. They did it. They they did it. They made it happen. They made it happen. They added a guard. They and a, and a good guard. They added a guy yeah, who everybody good. agrees is you know a good offensive lineman, a good right guard. Um, who can fortify this offensive line? Yeah. What was your initial reaction to the signing of Josh Klein? Well, for me, it was just I was relieved that they did something because I was concerned that they were going to go into next month's draft and basically take two two interior offensive linemen with their first two picks and try and plug those two guys in right away to play. And I don't no, if I think you can, I feel like you can do that with one guy. Maybe have one rookie on your offensive line, and and that guy do pretty well. I mean, it it happened with Pat Elfline in two, 2017. He stepped yeah, in did. and and started at center right away as a rookie and did and did really well. Um, but I was just a little bit concerned about doing that with two with two guys on your offensive line. But I think adding Josh Klein is really going to help them. You know, I, I think he's he's had some success in the past. I think it's a fairly, you know, team friendly deal. And, you know, and I, I think the biggest thing I'll be looking for is how he fits into what Gary Kubiak wants to do with the with the zone block with the zone uh, zone blocking scheme that they're gonna try and implement. So 
It seems like he's he's a good fit for that. He's not a he's not a huge offensive lineman. I think he runs at about three hundred pounds. So yeah. I I would think in theory that means he can get out in the open field and move around a little bit and pull and and do a lot of the things that Kubiak wants to do with the scheme. Um, so you know, time will tell if it's a if it's a perfect fit or not. But I I like that they went out and and made this move because they had to. They only have one guard on the roster before yeah. this <laughs> before this signing. Myron and you know Danny Isadora. You know, all due respect to him, he's he's not he's not a starting quality um, you know starting caliber guard. So they needed to go out and get somebody. And and I still think they're going to address you know address that position in the draft too. And you know, put somebody else in, but um, you know, I'm 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 fine with it. I'm cool with it, and you know, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I mean, four to six consecutive starts, right? I mean, yeah. for, for clients, he's durable. Surri- he's he's durable. Here's my problem, Manny, and I I, I really think you're amazing and you're very smart. <laughs> I just feel like that reaction was subdued. Here's how I imagine: <laughs> Do you have some celebration music? You got any celebration? Like some music? fanfare or something? Yeah, you got any like just like celebrate? If you, people were celebrating, what what? What would the music be? You got anything like that that would just kind of that you put in the background uh, so I can I show you? I don't know. If sh- I show you how. Okay, if we don't have it, it's fine. It, it's it's fine. But I imagine, <laughs> I imagine this. Can you believe it, people? <laughs> the Minnesota Vikings got a guard. Should I Are like? You, should I like you, go up? Go up to the podium like Shaq? Should, should I? Should I go up like to the, to the podium like Shaq did when the, when the Lakers should. won the NBA that's title? That's what I thought it would be. be like the I, Can you dig yeah, it? Can you dig it? I thought you'd be yelling in the streets of Minneapolis. <laughs> the Vikings finally signed a guard. Can you believe it, people? Well, it was funny. Where were you when they signed Josh Klein? I mean, Myron, I'll you be over there. With you. Can you believe the Vikings just signed a guard? And I, you too. Can you believe it? I will be honest with you. Like I did not know. Going into yesterday, before this news even popped up, I didn't really even know what the Vikings' plan was because well, what, they're, what, they're the still... plan's never there, right? Is there ever a plan? <laughs> well, I mean, they well, usually time they had a plan. Well, I mean, well, that's the thing, though. I think they usually have always had a plan, and you know, they would go out and you know, and sometimes things happen and plans change and things like that. But it's it always seemed like you you had an idea of what what they were doing. I'll be honest with you, up until yesterday, I really didn't know what they were doing as far as finding ways to, to bolster the offense. But I think that, you know, making this move is really going to help them. Um, as far as running out in the middle of the street and celebrating, I don't, I, I, I you know, I thought about it, but. I thought it'd be like a Ric Flair, woo, like, come on, Josh Klein, baby. I thought you'd be at the airport ready to pick him up. You know, ready to deliver meals to him if he needs it. Like whatever, Josh Klein. If you listen to the show, Manny Hill, whatever you need, he's gonna he's gonna take care of you. You know me, man. I'm he's very gonna very take chill, care though. of you. I'm very very chill. My too. I know. Are I know. Like, you know. I was just hoping. I was hoping to be like this <laughs> grand reaction. Here's what was interesting to me mm-hmm. about the signing and the reaction, and what this means for the way we perceive players in the NFL and their significance. When we find out that Sheldon Richardson was likely leaving, that was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, Everson Griffin, did we know what was going to happen? There was a lot of concern there. Anthony Barr, who was with the Jets, uh, had a dream or something. I don't know what, what happened overnight, but <laughs> decided to sign with Minnesota. There was such a fanfare attached to that. Like just understanding that, that you got to fortify your defense, right? Yeah. And that's how this team's going to win games. And then it became – 
you got to fortify that offensive line. Like, that's the thing you got to take care of. We, we all agreed essentially that what happens in the trenches, it's a cliche, but it's true, mm-hmm. that will dictate, you know, how things play out. On both sides of the ball. You know what was interesting to me? There's a receiver out there in Minnesota, Manny, who uh, I might, I might, I think you can say he's underpaid. Uh, when you look around at some of his colleagues and Adam Thielen, yeah. who, 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 a guy who is playing far below market value, especially when we've watched some of the deals unfold here in recent months. And I haven't heard anyone say, is that dude good? Do, do we know what's going to happen there? Um, it just, to me, shows how much the NFL has changed in terms of the value we place on key significant, key defensive players, yeah. offensive linemen, and quarterbacks. Like, that's the NFL. Don't let the Odell Beckham drama fool you. That's a cool trait, and, and Baker Mayfield has another target, uh, and, and I think they will be a playoff team. Not just because of, uh, of Odell, but I think they were trending that way yeah. with Baker. Mm-hmm. Um, Oakland has Antonio Brown. I don't know what you do with that. Maybe Derek Carr is, is better w- with a target like that. To me, that's still no way a playoff team. I think right. he's going to get a lot of money, and he's going to lose a bunch of games. But just the trend from, wow, make sure our defense is set. Make sure our offensive line is good to protect this quarterback, who we hope well, will evolve in year two, will improve in year two. Nobody's talking about the underpaid receiver, who to me makes a lot of this go. Yeah. I, I mean, is that just because he's hometown Adam Thielen? He's Mankato Adam Thielen? Is that because... The, the emphasis on the value of skilled players has decreased so significantly in recent years. Manny, I'm baffled by this idea that we are celebrating the move and the addition of a Josh Klein <laughs> more so than we're acknowledging that we might have a contractual challenge with a dude who is severely underpaid, and he's one of the best receivers in the league. I think part of it, too, is just, you know, Adam, we haven't really heard from – Adam at all like he's not making this a huge thing and I, and I know him and, and Blake Barrett's is his his agent we and you know we had Blake Barrett's on this show uh Matthew Collar and Courtney Cronin did uh, a few weeks ago and you know he basically said yeah we'd, we'd like a new deal and Adam deserves a new contract and you know I think he said I think Blake said something like you know we trust that the Vikings are going to do the right thing and Things like that, but we really haven't heard a whole lot from, you know, Blake or Adam or anything like that since then. So it's not, I mean, I think part of it is, you know, Antonio Brown made a huge thing about what was going on in Pittsburgh and, you know, wanting a new contract and all of that stuff. You know what I mean? Like it it became a huge thing because. A.B. kind of made it a huge thing. Le'Veon yeah. Bell, same thing. Like, it became a huge thing in Pittsburgh because Le'Veon Bell was sitting out games and he was talking about how he wanted a new contract and he was tired of being franchise tagged and, and things like that, you know? And even you go back to, to Kirk Cousins in Washington. That became a huge thing when they were franchising him every year and he wanted a new contract. We just, I think part of it in the case of Adam Thielen is just, we just haven't heard them make it a huge deal publicly yet you know and i and i think but i think once they do if they do if they decide to go that route and we don't know if they will or, or won't i think then it then it will become a bigger thing that certainly everybody here locally will be talking about are are, are folks taking him for granted 
because he's the home state guy. Like, are people take? I'm he, not. <laughs> but here's my. But here's 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 my thing though with with an Adam Thielen. To your point, he ain't flashy. You know, this ain't a guy who's gonna. I mean, his agent said last month he wants a new deal. Told reporters he's not gonna hold out. He's not that type of guy. Mm-hmm. But is part of that taking a guy like that for granted and assuming, oh, he wants to play here. This is home. His story of being an underdog. How much does that contribute to this idea of, ah, don't worry about Adam. Adam, Adam's fine. They'll figure it out with Adam. But, Manny, I'm looking at these numbers, and I'm looking at a guy who's produced more than 2,500 receiving yards over yeah. two seasons. Yeah. 13 touchdowns, Manny. Those are Tecmo Bowl. Yeah. Number, super Tecmo Bowl numbers and if you were able to with, afford Super the, Tech Mobile. And this um, is with Case Keenum and Kirk. This is with two this, different quarterbacks. You know, I mean, this Three guy, different quarterbacks if you go back to Bradford a couple of years ago. This is a $20 million receiver yeah. who, Manny, is set to make what in base salary? $5.85 million. <laughs> $5.85 million. He's, he's, he's making in the Torrey Smith, you know, he's making, a, what, $3 million, $2 million less than Jordy Nelson? Ma- like, these numbers for a guy who's put up those numbers, <clears throat> I mean, it's ridiculous. It is really ridiculous that Adam Thielen is going to walk in the next season, if that's the case. Now, I don't know what's going to happen, but if he ends up walking into next season with that kind of a contract, because I think it's dangerous. And if I'm Adam Thielen, Manny, and I know down-to-earth guy, I'm looking at everybody going, Man, they were really devastated when they lost Sheldon. They were really pumped when Everson came back. Anthony Barsine, it seemed like, who had been one of the more polarizing guys on the roster, people have been hot and cold to him when he signed Manny, when he changed his mind. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, my goodness, he's coming back. Thank goodness, right? Yeah. Uh, Josh Klein comes in, and I thought they were going to put rose petals on Hennepin uh, and, and then just like lead him to the state. <laughs> like I, I really thought I thought there was going to be a chariot yeah. or, or, or something because people were so desperate to bring him in. You look at yeah. how Kirk Cousins was treated. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, I understand the immediacy of it. You need a guard, you get one, you get excited. You know, you don't want to lose an Anthony Barr. You don't want to lose uh, an Everson Griffin. You, these pieces are important. But if I'm Adam Thielen and I'm seeing all this, there has to be a part of you that goes, Manny, yeah, I hope they realize who has been the biggest star on this team for the last couple years. Like, I hope they don't forget about your boy. Uh, because I'm making, he's he's making third receiver money. Yeah, I mean that's just ridiculous. Yeah, and it hasn't come up because he's not Antonio Brown. He's not going to put up that fuss. But I tell you what, Manny, he could, he could, and he'd be justified if he did it. Yeah, I, I think people are taking this whole thing like taking for granted might be the wrong phrase, but perhaps making assumptions about how content Adam Thielen might be. Yeah, no, I've I've felt that way for a while. Even before you know Blake Barrett came on came on this show a couple of weeks ago, I I just felt like, hey, you know, they're they're trying to keep as many guys as they can, and you know, but in this league, you got to be you got to be careful because guys can leave and make a make a stink about their contracts if they if they see fit, and you know, and the Vikings have. Listen, the the Vikings have decisions to make. They're going to have to make these decisions. And, you know, you, you made the decision to go get Kirk Cousins last year. And, you know, he's taken a good chunk of, of the cap. And you've, you know, you've decided to bring back Anthony Barr at a, at a pretty hefty price. And, you know, because you, value, you valued him and you wanted him 
to continue to be a part of what you were doing on defense. But the way this league goes, and you know this, Myron, you know, you can't you can't keep everybody and you can't pay everybody. And so you have to be very crafty and sometimes, you know, you're gonna have to let certain guys go. Now, you know, Sheldon Richardson left and, you know, you, you brought back Shamar Stefan um after he was uh with another team this past season. So you're maybe hoping that he's gonna step into the to the role that Sheldon Richardson maybe not be quite as good as Sheldon Richardson, but hold down that that three technique role in your defense. And but it, it's the way the team is constructed, you got to be really careful. You can't hang on to everybody and you've got to determine, you know, who is who's the most important to you and and you know, who who is going to be a part of your long-term future and I, you know, Adam Thielen is he's good, man. You can't, you know, you got to be the Vikings have got to be really careful with this, I think. I agree. I mean, it, it, it it's important because it, it's hard to find a guy like a Thielen, but you hope to find. I mean, this is what the Patriots have done for how many years? You find a guy who plays far above uh, what he's actually getting paid. I mean, it's a pretty smart move. That That is the goal. But you also want a guy like that to be rewarded. And I feel like yeah. the shift in quarterbacks has been so strong. Manny, the, the, the Giants gave... Odell Beckham Jr., they gave him a dump truck full of cash, mm-hmm. and, and then, then they traded, traded him. him. Yeah, I mean, they gave him a dump truck full of cash, and and then they traded him. Antonio Brown, you know, makes a fuss on Twitter, decides he wants to get traded. We all laughed, ha-ha, this goofball, he's got to get traded to some lovely team, and no one's going to want to pay him. The Raiders go, uh, we'll pay him. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll pay him. Don't worry. We got him. Like, like you're you're seeing this in in those cases, yeah, clearly the, the the Cleveland Browns wanted a guy like Odell and the and the Raiders. But more and more I feel like receivers, the idea is if you have a quarterback who's good enough, and I subscribe to this idea. You want to have a great quarterback and you can settle for above average receivers because you hope that he'll take them he'll take them to the next level. Yeah. Um you don't want a mediocre quarterback with great overpaid wide receivers. But I feel like Adam Thielen is a guy who has put up some of the most amazing numbers we have seen uh, and deserves to be rewarded for that reasonably. But if you can't do it, it, I mean, Thielen isn't crazy if he comes out and makes crazy demands is what I'm trying to say. He Mm -hmm. won't do it. I understand that because of who he is and all of the connections. And I know he wants to be here. But don't get it twisted. Thielen could be A.B. if he wanted to. I mean, he's not that guy, but he could come out and say, you all owe me a bunch of money. You know, I deserve to make this kind of money because I'm that good. Yeah. That is market value. And I just think for me, that should be a bigger concern than, you know, what we're currently, you know, discussing right now. We're looking at all the defense and, you know, Klein and the line and, and Kirk Cousins will he improve a lot of questions. And I feel like there's a dude in the corner, you know, maybe holding up his hand going, uh, don't forget, I got to get paid too. Uh, we'll be back after this. On Purple Daily, Score North, scorenorth.com, Myron Metcalf, Manny Hill. Minnesota sports fans, Phil Mackey here, introducing you to the all-new Score North on 1500, where you'll find Purple Daily at noon, Matthew Collar 2-4, to four, and Mackey and Jeb with Rami from 4-6. to six. Over at scorenorth.com, that's S-K-O-R, in addition to great written content, you'll find some of the most entertaining local Minnesota sports podcasts, Purple Podcasts, Raised by Wolves, Myron Metcalf on Hoops, 
Touch Em All, Royce Unchained, and plenty more. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, all at Score North. Minnesota Sports, anytime. Guitar Hero, Selfie Sticks, Fidget Spinners, The Ice Bucket Challenge. Nah, this is something new. Welcome to the all-new Score North. Minnesota Sports, anytime, anywhere. ScoreNorth.com. Myron Metcalf, Manny Hill back here on Purple Daily on Score North, scorenorth.com. We have uh, someone who is, does a really good job for ESPN covering the Green Bay Packers, Rob Domofsky. Um, Rob, thanks for joining the show, man. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Um, first off, before we get to football, are you are you a bracket guy? I mean, are you, in, you one of those 75 bracket guys, or do you have one? You stick to that? What, what, what's your style? I, I I got I have one bracket that I put in multiple places. Okay, uh, I respect that, Rob. Yeah, same bracket everywhere. But the other thing too is like the the um, the things that have come as offshoots, like survivor pools, yeah. um, where you have to, where you have to pick two games a day, can't repeat the teams. Uh, I mean, those things are pretty awesome too. Yeah, no, they they are. They, they definitely are. And I, I I just respect someone who has one bracket. But, you know, put them in as many brackets as you want, in many pools as you want. Yeah. But these 75 bracket people, I, I, I don't yeah, really uh, get down with there. So what's your overall take, uh, Rob, on Matt LaFleur and, you know, just his first couple of months with the Green Bay Packers? Yeah, it's um, it's been interesting just because everyone is used to the same voice around here for 13 years with Mike McCarthy. And it's going to take some getting used to. Um but, you know, like with anything, there's there's excitement when there's change. And, you know, Matt LaFleur, like, he might not be the most exciting guy when he stands up at the podium, but from what everybody, you know, says in the building, there's a, there's an energy, there's a buzz. And and quite frankly, it's just, it's new. And, and sometimes that's not the worst thing in the world, to have, uh, to have new ideas and, and, and new concepts and, and a new face, really, in, in front of the franchise, especially when things have gone, you know, kind of sour in the last couple of years. Rob, when did you know with, with McCarthy, when did you feel like it was over? I mean, was there a point in the season? Yeah. When did you feel like that was over? Yeah, I, I felt like um, back in week four when they beat the Buffalo Bills 22 to nothing and, you know, everybody thought things were turning in a good direction – and Aaron Rodgers came in in the post-game press conference and basically ripped McCarthy's game plan, trashed the offense, and and, and it was like, whoa, there's, hmm. you know, there's there's problems here that, um, you know, that probably you know need to be addressed and can't be fixed. And you know, Rodgers, you know, brought that to the forefront. And and look, you know, in, in some ways, you know, it's perceived that he got what he wanted, and and now it's time, you know, for him to to deliver because. He didn't play well last year, whether he would admit it or not. He, he played poorly, and and you know, he, a little bit now, Myron. It's it's sort of on him now to 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 sort of pull himself out of whatever funk he was in last year. I wonder what Aaron Rodgers, who obviously had a lot of there were a lot of injuries, and uh, you know, he talked about McCarthy in, in the game plan. Does Matt Lafleur change everything? I mean, what will be the difference in terms of? the scheme and what we might see that's available to an Aaron Rodgers with this new staff from from a scheme standpoint, they're going to try to play more like the Rams and and more like, you know, the 49ers when, you know, when they had their quarterback healthy, it's going to be a quick, fast, up-tempo offense. But look, there's a lot of people that, 
you know, the, the rumblings are that, hey, if Aaron Rodgers wouldn't listen to Mike McCarthy, why is he going to listen to Matt Moore, <laughs> who, who is, you know, a 39-year-old guy who's called plays for one year in the NFL? I mean, some people think Rodgers might walk all over this guy, but, you know, the, other, the flip side of it is that, you know, they have a guy who's young and maybe can relate to the quarterback and, and, and maybe get the most out of him. It's not unlike when... Mike McCarthy got here in 2006, and Brett Favre had come off one of his worst years. He threw 29 interceptions the year before. Coaching change was made. And two years later, McCarthy had Favre in the NFC Championship game in 2007. So, uh, you know, there are some parallels in in that regard, too. So, um, you know, I just think Rodgers has to approach it with an open mind and and accept the change. And, And if he does, there's a chance for success. Do you think we have fallen too hard, Rob, for the young, smart coach and the assumption that, hey, if you got a guy under 45, uh, he probably is going to be this savant? I mean, is that becoming too trendy in the NFL? Well, it's that and anybody who's worked with with Sean McVay, right? I think there was during the (laughs) – you know, when all the coaching hires were being made, there was like – I can't remember who put it out on Twitter, but it was like a – handwritten like coaching tree and it was like do you know sean mcveigh and the arrow goes down to yes you get a coaching job <laughs> do you not know sean mcveigh and no you're not going to get a coaching job so i mean that that's sort of like you know look it's just it's no different in college basketball or, or any other sport where there's trends and there's hot there's hot hires and right now it's hire a young offensive guy who has ties to this you know west coast scheme i mean it's it, Look, it's all cyclical. I mean, you go back to, um, you know, when Mike Holmgren was here and, and had all the success that, that he had as a young head coach. And, you know, you had Steve Mariucci and John Gruden. And, I mean, there's a picture of Andy Reid. You p- picture of this coaching staff in Green Bay in the 90s. And, like, six of those guys ended up being head coaches because Mike Holmgren was this innovative, you know, offensive guy. And, you know, he had Brett Favre. So it's, it's, it's all cyclical, Myron. And, and, and you know, right now, that's the trend, and, and if it works, great. If not, you're going to see something change. I'm sure Manny, the Closet Packers fan, uh, has some questions as well. <laughs> oh, I'm a Closet Packers fan, Myron. <laughs> really? You're going to throw that on me? <laughs> uh, no, Rob, I, I wanted to ask you about some of the additions that the Packers have made on the defensive side of the ball. Yep. And obviously they've kept Mike Pettin around, even though they've made the the coach, the head coaching change. They've yep. kept Mike Pettin around. I know they like him over there in that organization. Um, as a defensive coordinator, but you know, what are some of the moves that the Packers have made in free agency to try and bolster that defense? Yeah, I mean, they had to, Manny. They had to get pass rush. Um, look, Clay Matthews, uh, who's now gone, signed with the Rams. Nick Perry, who they released. I mean, these were two old, aging guys that that just had an injury history. And yeah, they were good players when they were on the field, but they weren't on the field enough. So they went out and got much younger with the pass rush. The Darius Smith from Baltimore uh, and Preston Smith from uh, from the Redskins. And, and, I mean, you're talking about two guys that are 26 years old, uh, don't have a big history of missing games. In fact, Preston Smith's played every game in his four-year NFL career. Uh, so they, they obviously got younger at the pass rush spot. Still probably could use some help. It's a good pass rush draft. Uh, you know, and then safety was a big addition with Adrian Amos. They still could use another safety. I mean, it just speaks to, you know, sort of all the holes that they had defensively. And you think about Mike Patton, you mentioned him as his first year as defensive coordinator last year. 
the fact that he was able to get this defense to about the middle of the league, I think they finished 18th, with the lack of playmakers and talent that they had is, is sort of amazing, which is probably why they wanted to keep the continuity um, on the defensive side. You know, if they didn't keep Patton, they'd have three defensive coordinators in three years. And, you know, then you're just sort of spinning your wheels. So uh, if they can get him some players, now if you're on the flip side, if you're Mike McCarthy, you're probably wondering why the heck didn't they do this for me last year when we needed all this influx of talent. But, um, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, they still they still need players. I mean, if you look at their playmaker list, it's Devontae Adams at the receiver spot, it's Aaron Jones out of the backfield, and that's about it. Uh, they still have Jimmy Graham, but he didn't produce last year. They've got some young receivers, including Marquez Valdez-Scantling, a fifth-round pick last year, who looks like he's got some promise, had two 100-yard games last year. But you can't necessarily count on that. They're going to need to add you know, a, a playmaking, whether it's a receiver, tight end, or running back. They're going to need to add another playmaker who touches the ball, uh, at least one. And, and you know they're going to have an opportunity still in the draft to do that because – They've got number 12 and 30 in the first round, and they've got number 12 in the second round, so that's uh, three picks in the top 44. And, you know, last year they drafted pretty well with Jair Alexander. It looks like he's an up-and-coming cornerback uh, and, and, and the receiver that I mentioned. So they have a chance to, you know, definitely help themselves even further in the draft after some what looks like some pretty decent moves in free agency. Rob, how did they get the 30th pick? I, I'm... I'm... Yeah, drawing a blank here how they ended up with <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, it was a couple of trades. Last year in the first round, they had number 14. Uh, they traded with uh, New Orleans, wanted to get up to 14. Okay. So they got New Orleans' first round pick okay. um, for, for the next year. And then they ended up making another deal with Seattle in the first round where they got back up to 18. So they had 18 last year instead of – basically they moved from 14 to 18 – last year and added a first-round pick for this year. It's the easiest way to explain it. Okay. Rob, and we'll let you get out of here after this, but you obviously cover a guy named Rodgers who was one of the greats uh, of all time. Uh, when you see an Aaron Rodgers and then you go and look at a Kirk Cousins, mm-hmm. what is the gap? I mean, what is the thing that makes an Aaron Rodgers this special quarterback that we talk about as one of the greatest of all time? And a Kirk Cousins who, when consistent, is pretty good, but right. not able to put it together uh, the way that a Rodgers has. Yeah, I think you know they've all got talent, obviously. I mean, you don't get to this point if you're not talented. The thing that makes, I think, Rodgers so special is his ability to process things so quickly and see it, understand it, and adjust to it. And, uh, I mean, look, when, when Rodgers came out, you know, he wasn't the greatest athlete that they ever saw he wasn't you know his arm strength and his throwing mechanics weren't the greatest now they've they've improved they fixed those things but when you're able to process things so quickly you're able to sort of anticipate um, what's coming it makes all those things just so much easier and, and, and you're able to do things so much faster the other thing i'll say about this guy is he works at it um, nobody puts in you know more time than he does in terms of studying and understanding what what defenses are trying to do, um, you know his problem sometimes is that his own smarts gets in his gets in his own way, and uh, you know I think that's where it, it maybe clashed with McCarthy a little bit, but he you know maybe he thought he was you know the smartest guy in the room, but I, I think that also is what makes him so special and what separates him from um, you know some of the other guys. I think you could say the same thing about Brady. I mean, from a pure talent standpoint. Uh, you know, is Tom Brady any different than Kirk Cousins or any different than Andy Dalton or somebody like that? Probably not. 
But his ability and those elite guys' ability to process information and see it almost before it happens is what separates those guys. And and that's one thing I think you either have it or you don't. Hmm. Rob, you're the best, man. Definitely thank you for your time. I appreciate it, guys. We'll see you. Right, thanks, Rob. Rob Domoski uh, talking about the Green Bay Packers and what makes Aaron Rodgers great and Kirk Cousins not as great. Uh, great conversation with Rob Domoski there. You're listening to the all-new Score North, Minnesota sports. Anytime, anywhere, scorenorth.com. Myron Metcalf here on another edition of Purple Daily, purpledaily.com, Manny Hill, on a special day of Thursday this time. I, I don't know if that means, you know, Phil is bumping us back or moved. Up. I don't know what it means. Uh, <laughs> hope, hopefully, he still likes us. Well, we're gonna be we're gonna be live at uh, Allianz Field tomorrow, yes. home of Minnesota United, and uh, so and of course you're out in Bristol and you got NCAA tournament stuff going True. on. So we just decided to flip flop the days. That's all, and, and it's all good. I'm pumped about the United man. Like to me, like I think that's going to be one of the cooler, like trendy teams. Like I feel like that young crowd will really gravitate, man. To, to that squad. I mean, I yeah. I think it'll be good. I think the they're going to make market. the playoffs, too. That was one of my predictions a couple of weeks ago. Damn, they're going to make man. the playoffs. So it's, it's, it's a nice vibe over there. I don't know if you've seen the new stadium or not, but it's uh, it's very, very impressive. Yes, I have I have driven. My barbershop is near that. I, okay. I have watched it go up, you know. And Now, I don't know if I could play soccer, Manny. I watched these international soccer games, and last week some dude came out of the stands and punched somebody in the head. Um, that would be my last soccer match. I'm sorry, I, I gotta go. I will yeah. see y'all. Y'all can call me after the match, but I, if people are running out of the stands and punching people in the head, that that is not a, a sport for me, Manny. Um, we had Rob Domofsky on, obviously talking about the Green Bay Packers and and, and who they are and, and how they're going to evolve, maybe under Matt Lafleur. And it made me wonder, Manny, about the most important questions facing this team right now. I mean, facing this division, I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. NFC North. Because I think there are some important questions where the responses and the answers to these questions will dictate how things play out. Um, We'll obviously end with the the Minnesota Vikings, but with the Detroit Lions, Manny, what do you think is the most interesting question with that team? I think, can they... Can Matt Patricia get better? Because last year was yeah. Can not, he not, not stick? good? Yeah, can he not be just a bad coach that pokes pokes at uh, at beat writers about their posture? Yeah, in a yeah. in a press conference, you know what a I mean? Dude, a dude who wears just, hats in games is yeah, yeah, yeah. Making you know making comments about somebody else's posture and, and things like that. Um, yeah, I mean, and and listen, they traded away Golden Tate, one of their best players in the middle of last season, and you know they did not finish the season very strong. I want to see if Matthew Stafford can, you know, maybe take his game to another level, and you know, with some of the weapons or lack thereof that they that they have now, I, I don't, you know, I'm not I'm not sure that he can, and you know, it'll it'll be that that's kind of what I'm looking for with Detroit is. Can they be better? I'm not. I, I have my doubts. I don't. I'm not sure that they're. I mean, if you're asking me right now where they're going to finish in the division, I think they're going to finish at the at the bottom. It feels that way, right? And a lot of people were knocking Matt Patricia for, you know, they're calling them the uh, Detroit Patriots. Uh, they signed <laughs> Danny Amendola, uh, Justin Coleman, Trey Flowers, all former Patriots. 
Um, so it's almost like the guy who, like you said, needs to establish his own identity. Yeah. Needs to be a guy who, because it hasn't worked. The Belichick protégés, they haven't succeeded, Manny. So this is a guy who just added three more former Patriots to the roster. And, and here would be my challenge if I were in that locker room, Manny. If you brought in these guys because you're familiar and they're skilled and talented and you think they can help us win, kudos to you. Mm-hmm. If you brought these guys into the locker room because there's a certain Patriots way uh, that apparently wasn't adhered to in Florida some weeks back, that's a different story. <laughs> but if you brought him in, these guys in, because you want them to police my locker room and and you want them to make sure you're upholding the standard and values and these are my guys, uh, let me tell you how many times that has worked in the history of football. How about never? Right. Uh, because that's not going to help Matt Patricia you know, bringing in these outside voices that he's familiar with, especially if he plays favorites, uh, it could be a disaster for for Matt Patricia and that team. I'm with you there. That's the biggest question. Don't sleep on Matthew Stafford. So much younger than people realize. Yeah, and I know. not winning, but the dude is going to be 39 years old, breaking every single record. Um, I don't know if he'll have a ring or anything to go with it, but he will break a lot of records. For Chicago to me, which is the scariest team. Again, the evolution of Mitch Trubisky is something that people have to pay attention to. Because I don't know what you think about Mitch. He wasn't great. I mean, there were a lot of games where it looked like he'd made these dramatic improvements, but these were seven, eight, nine-yard passes he was making. There was a lot of yards after the catch, you know, where he was getting maybe more credit he was he schemed deserved. into his success. Yes. The success he had, he was very much schemed into it. But what I but what I respect, though, about the scheme and about what happened with him is the Bears said, we're not going to give this kid too much right now. Because if we do, he's going to put himself in a position to make passes and throws that he's not ready for. And that was helpful for this guy. I mean, Mitch Trubisky... By the end of the season, going into the playoffs, you weren't thinking this guy's going to be the reason that we don't make it. He's going to be the reason that we flop in the playoffs. Going into the season, Manny, that was the question. Okay, yeah. you got Khalil Mack, you got all these pieces, but that young man is going to ruin everything. That doesn't seem to be the case anymore. Yeah, and, and I'm looking to see where the progression happens with him. The other, the other thing, too, Myron, that I'm looking at with the Bears is on the defensive side, we know – They've got elite level talent over there with Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks and, you know, in that secondary and everything. But they're going to have a different coordinator now. It's Vic Fangio is now yes. the head coach of the Denver Broncos. Yep. And so they've, you know, Vic, Vic Fangio has departed and now Chuck, Pagan- Chuck Pagano, the former Indianapolis Colts head coach, has stepped in as the defensive coordinator. You know, how is, I, I'm wondering scheme wise, how much, you know, how much different is it going to be? Um, and, you know, just how he's going to mesh well with that side of the ball. That's going to be something. I mean, because that was a fantastic defense last year. Yeah. Vic, Vic Fangio did a great job. You know, is Chuck Pagano, Pagano going to be able to keep keep that train going in the right right direction? They've got the talent to do that, but sometimes when you make a change uh, and keep the same talent but make a change in coordinator for whatever reason – you know, it's not quite as it, it. Sometimes things, sometimes change can derail things a little bit. I I go back to 
when the Vikings in 1998 had that high-powered, record-breaking offense with Randy Moss as a rookie yeah. under Brian Billick as the offensive coordinator calling the plays. And then Brian Billick left to become the head coach of the Baltimore Ravens, and the Vikings came back the next year with pretty much the same the same cast of characters on offense, same offensive same. line. It wasn't the same. They were still good, but it wasn't quite as potent as it was the year before. So yeah. that's something I think to look for with the Bears. And you know, I, I going back to the offensive side with them too. They added Cordell Patterson in free agency, which I'm not giving him ten million dollars. I don't understand. Yeah, that. I know. Not, and but he's not getting that. But we know that Matt Nagy is a creative offensive mind. But how many times can you try to create something for Cordell Patterson? Well, like how, how you know many what? Coach- the the New England New England found a use for him last they, they year. They did, but was it consistent? I mean, I have a hard time believing that a dude who has been moved around that much in his career is deserving of five million dollars a year. I mean, that's oh no, just, he's that's he's just, overpaid. You know? He's overpaid. No, I'm I'm with you on that. I'm just. I'm just curious from a football standpoint if Matt Nagy is going to be able to find some creative things to do with him yeah, to, try and, to try and help Mitch Trubisky even more in the passing game. So Vic Fangio, I, I think that's a huge key. But you bring in Chuck Pagano. I mean, that's at least the former head coach, a guy who has some experience. By the way, mm-hmm. uh, this trend of bringing in offensive coordinators and head coaches who are you know look a certain way and they're young and, <laughs> and handsome and all that. Is it a thing with defensive coordinators where your D coordinator has to look like he was a character on MASH? I mean, is that kind of <laughs> is that the thing? Because every defensive coordinator who's been successful, like all of them, look like the kind of dudes where, like, if you walked into their offices unannounced, they'd fight you. Like, right? <laughs> like, like they clear the desk and they challenge you to a fight. Like, yeah. that's how I need my coordinator to look. I mean, I don't, I don't want some young and you know, you nobody has a coordinator like that. Everybody's coordinator, the ones that are really good for the most part, look like, you know, they they had a few scraps in some alleys in 75, right, that they can't yeah, yeah, talk yeah. about. Um, so uh, Chuck fits that mold coming into Chicago Bears and having Chuck, you know, focusing on the defensive side of the ball, having that creative mind of Matt Nagy, I, I feel like that's that could be the perfect marriage. The Green Bay Packers had Rob on. To me, it obviously is pretty simple, right? Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And how he adjusts to a Matt LaFleur who's not that much older than he is, and whether or not the schematic elements of of that offense will open things up for Aaron Rodgers, who who it might be crazy, Manny, but he wants to be Mahomes. Like he wants the Mahomes uh options. He wants to have the ability to play in that sort of, you know, freestyling way. Now he ain't got the weapons to do that, but that's kind of what he's hoping for. And I think if you're Matt LaFleur, you're going to have to balance Aaron Rodgers wanting to basically run the offense how he wants to and do whatever he wants to do, and you holding him to a disciplined set and system uh, so that he doesn't get out of control. Because good Aaron Rodgers, the best Aaron Rodgers is the guy who is efficient, effective, takes calculated risks uh, within reason. The worst Aaron Rodgers is the dude who abandons the game plan and just decides that he's going to force plays. We saw Brett Favre evolve into that. Aaron Rodgers has been so efficient that we don't look at him the same way. Yeah. But older Aaron Rodgers, who doesn't move the same way, who doesn't have the same, you know, doesn't have some of the same tools maybe he had, may feel more inclined to take some of those risks. And I'm very curious to see what Matt, Matt LaFleur does with him. 
I think the the relationship between Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers, the chemistry, if they can develop it, is going to be the biggest thing here. I mean, if if because right now we're hearing rumblings about, you know, with how things ended with Mike McCarthy, we're hearing One the good. rumblings. Yeah, it was not good. And we're hearing the rumblings of, well, is Aaron Rodgers coachable? And is he going to be able to, you know, relate to his coach and have a good relationship with his coach? Or is he just always going to be a guy that wants to go and do his own thing? With that side of the ball, that that to me is going to be a huge key in what the Packers do and how successful they are with this Matt Lafleur Aaron Rodgers, you know, pairing is how are they going to be able to are they going to be able to collaborate and execute the type of offense that you know is gonna is gonna bring them success? I mean that that's to me that's just going to be the big key and and can Aaron Rodgers? This is a big change. This is basically I mean Mike McCarthy was the only coach that Aaron Rodgers ever had, really. I mean, he think he had the one year, his rookie year was the last year of Mike Sherman back in 2005, but Aaron Rodgers was Brett Favre's backup back then. Yeah. So Mike McCarthy was the only head coach Aaron Rodgers has ever had. Now, it, it did not end well, and that relationship maybe deteriorated over time, but that was the only thing that Aaron Rodgers had. So now this is a big change for him for the first time in his career, how does he handle it? I think that's going to be a huge question that that will need to be answered in this first season. Yeah, and it, it, it to me, uh, that could make the Packers, if it works, the best team in this league. I mean, that could make Aaron Rodgers Aaron Rodgers again, and they're competing for a title. I could see them fall into the bottom of the division too. I can't it, believe it, I can't believe you called me a closet Packers. I know man, I should. I can't believe I can't believe you know done that. everybody's going to want to fight me now. Every Listen, Vikings man, fan in Minnesota. I want you to get some of now. what I get in this NCAA tournament. <laughs> okay, I wanted somebody else to get some of these DMs, man. No, I I know you're not a closet Packers fan, but with the Minnesota Vikings, biggest question for them. I know we don't have a lot of time, but is it as simple as? Kirk Cousins advancing in year two. Yes. Is it that simple? Absolutely. One hundred percent. I think he is the big the big part of this. They've added to the offensive line now. Why isn't it Gary Josh Kubiak Lyon? though? But why isn't it Gary well, Kubiak? I think, what he... But I think Gary Kubiak is what Gary Kubiak can do, I think, will really determine that if if Kirk will really determine if Kirk Cousins can take that next step because Really, if you think about it, I mean, Kirk Cousins has been in the league for seven years now, and he's basically, for the most part, been the same quarterback at least the last handful of years that he's been that he's been a starter. So, can Gary Kubiak get a little bit more out of him and get him to sort of take that next step? I think that's going to be the big question. But it it comes down to Kirk Cousins and his performance and what he can do with the offense. Well, man, it's always great to be with you, man. Here yeah. on. Score North, Purple Daily, Myra Metcalf, Manny Hill. We will be back next week. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. 
Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.